one. And we're back. It's been a while. Had some things come up that wouldn't let us start when we wanted to, but we are officially back for the second season of Baseline Banter. As always, I'm your host, Austin, along to my co-host, Ben Callsby and Connor Bellman. Uh, let's jump right into it. We're almost a month into the season. What are you guys seeing so far? I'm seeing a lot of production from Purdue. I think Purdue has – I don't know if they deserve to be number one in the nation, but they've won a lot of games against quality teams like Villanova, Iowa, and – I don't. I know that they have another quality win along the road, but they, I don't know what it. I don't, I, don't, I don't know who it is. They beat North Carolina as well. Yeah, North Carolina, and I think a team like Purdue can beat a team. They can beat teams in a lot of different ways. They have one of the best shooters in the country, and they got one of the top players in the nation right now with Ivy and. They have two of the most elite big mans in the country also with Trevon Williams and uh, Edie. Yeah, um, I'm seeing in this league, well, as the season's progressing, I'm seeing a lot of controversy in like this upcoming draft and a lot of um, unexpectancy, I think, coming out, especially with that Duke and Zaga game that uh, you saw a lot of, well, two of the most – draft prospects with uh, Bancaro and Holmgren. And um, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of controversy. They have a lot of flaws. Um, obviously, Holmgren's uh, size, not I'm not talking about height, but size is one of them. And um, I don't know. It's, you're just going to have to wait and see to see if um, anybody else will come out because um, – yeah, just a lot of flaws and stuff. So we don't have, really have a definitive number one pick or a lottery picks, all of them in general. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, Mancaro is a very good player. You, I would say he's probably one of the best in the nation right now. I'd definitely say he can take over game much better than Holmgren can. Just, I mean, Holmgren, has, I haven't seen anything too spectacular from him yet this year. But, I mean... Uh, Banchero is he's the real deal kind of going off what Ben said Holgram's size is gonna hurt him in the draft because he's like a bean pull out there he's like 7'1 probably like 190 this doesn't like a lot of like muscle to him but you look at a guy like Banchero he has here he's 6'10 or 6'9 6'10 250 and he can pull up wherever he wants he can drive he can block shots he can pass and he's just definitely like the center part of Duke's team. With Gonzaga, you see like a lot of more like like center players like Drew Timmy and yeah. I'm thinking when I think of Gonzaga basketball, I really am not starting to think of homegrown. I'm starting to think of Timmy because I mean Timmy's their lead scorer right now. He's averaging like 18 points a game and. I mean, Holmgren's averaging like 13 or so, but um, still, it's definitely their center-built offense um, is definitely a notable point in what they have right now. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it is right now, but I think it's going to end up costing them. I mean, a couple games, you can see them, it hurting them anyway. Like, 
teams are just closing in on Timmy when he gets the ball in the paint. And, I mean, he, yes, he's scoring, but it's a lot harder for him to score now. And I don't think it's going to get any easier. And that's part of the reason why I think Duke took care of Gonzaga is because Duke has studs at one through five with Keel, Roach, and Bancaro, and then Mark Williams at center. I think those four right there can single-handedly shut down any team out there. And compared to, like, Gonzaga, they didn't really get a lot of, like, production from, like, their guard play. They got just a lot of production from Timmy and, and just some scattered points throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, for Gonzaga, Nimpard has been non-existent this whole entire year. I think other than the UCLA game, he maybe had, like, 20, 24 points. But every other game, he's been in the single digits. And, I mean, he's playing upwards of 34 minutes a game. 36 against Alabama, and he only scored four against them. I mean, when a guy's playing 90 minutes, they better be scoring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Alabama game, I think Alabama's a team, a dark horse, and, I mean, this could be one of the best years that they ever have as a program. Yeah, because they took a lot back from last year with Shackelford and uh, – Corbly, I think. Clearly, yeah. And then you add a, and then you add one of the best recruits in the nation with JD Davidson, all to a for a big three like that. I think they're gonna have a tremendous year this year, and probably having an elite eight or farther. I, I think they're one of the top contending. They could contend for a national title this year. I mean, yeah, they're. But the problem is they're super inconsistent. I mean, they'll. Like we've already seen, it. they've lost to Iona, and then they'll go and beat Gonzaga. I mean, they'll have ups and downs this whole season, but they can beat anybody and they can lose anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, to Alabama already play Houston? Or are they playing them? Houston's number fourteen in the poll right now. So, yeah, they're uh, playing. They're playing this week. Yeah, the Saturday, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, and that'd be a game to watch. Yeah, and I mean, Alabama is one of those teams that they, I mean, they're shooting at almost as many three pointers as they are two pointers, and I mean, they're they hit a cold streak anytime anyone can beat them. Yeah, um, their offense definitely reminds me of uh, like North Carolina's this year. A lot of three pointers, and yeah, so yeah. I feel like you win some, you lose some, and. They just ended up winning against Gonzaga. All right. What are some other teams you guys are liking so far? You know, um, I I kind of want to talk about, like, USC right now, even though they lost Evan Mobley last year to the draft. Um, they're still projected to end up with the same record. And I don't know. I feel like they they got something going. Bellman, it looks like you got something to say. Yeah, Bellman, you do have something to say. Say it. I haven't really watched a lot from USC this year. I, mean, I don't really watch a lot of college basketball in general. Just watch some of like the big games. But it's still a fact that they come from the Pac-12, and I've just never really been a like a like a stone cold like Pac-12 fan because I just don't think that. They're a relevant conference school, but yeah, also doesn't help last that year, 
I mean, they're playing their games when it's like 12 o'clock at night. No one's staying up to watch them. So no one expects them to do anything. But yeah. yeah, but going off like going off of last year's team, I think if USC if USC <clears throat> recruited well, I think that they can have another good year because they have a pretty solid coach over there. Yeah, um, they did get a Memphis transfer, Boogie Ellis from, uh, who did pretty well for them. He had uh, 14 points per game last year and 61 percent from the field. So I don't know. They they do have weapons, and I don't know. It's going to be fun to see what they do. Yeah, I mean, last year everybody thought the Pac-12 was bad, and they were they did the best in the uh, NCAA tournament. So exactly. So they're used to being the underdogs. All right. Speaking of, you said a transfer Memphis, Boogie Ellis. Let's talk about Memphis. Uh, right now, they're not living up to the hype. I mean, start of the season, ranking the top ten. Now they're unranked. Uh, I mean, it seems like they just have no chemistry right now, and they're playing like they're an AAU team. No chemistry. A lot of hate on the team right now between the the veterans and the young guys. It's not looking great for the Memphis Tigers. I really want to do some argue. I really want to do some arguing there, but <clears throat> you you basically nailed it. Like Memphis, they're like the eye test is like they have Penny Hardaway as a coach. They get they have some five star recruits, but like versus Iowa State, Iowa State broke down to the fundamentals and they played fundamental basketball. Got like the small details of like rebounding in defense and Memphis had no answer for them. And that's why I think Memphis lost that game. Yeah. I mean, Penny Hardaway's even said it. He says they have, they have the talent to go undefeated, but yeah, when your guys aren't getting along, when there's, uh, when you can see the hate going between each the players on the team, there's a problem. I mean, and then when your five-star recruit, Imani Bates only had, only has 12 points against, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call Iowa State, but he only has 12 points and he's a leading scorer. You're not going to win that game. Especially since Amoni Bates was one of the top recruits in this past year's recruit, recruiting class. Yeah. And now he's getting uh, – he's not even starting. He thinks he's going to be better off playing from the bench. Oof. I don't know about that. Yeah. I, think if, um, I, I think if you still have, like, your top recruit, I still think you got to – start no matter how bad he's playing yeah. I really don't really have a say in Memphis basketball but I mean if Hardaway could do it and uh, turn their team around I don't know their last three games have been brutal but yeah yeah I mean they don't hang on to the ball at all they're turning over the ball all the time just they just play very sloppy yeah seems like this is their main problem is leadership right now so yeah uh all right speaking of teams that beat memphis let's talk about iowa state probably the one of the craziest stories of the of the season so far uh coach osselberger has absolutely changed the program in a matter of a year so we think uh going from a two-win season last year now you're looking at playing your arch rival undefeated in your home gym I think it'll be a very fun game to go to. I think, like, I have a strong opinion on Iowa State basketball 
year. I think that's I, like don't get me wrong, they definitely have improved since last year, only winning two or winning zero conference games, winning two games all year. But I still think that they're kind of suffering the same problem as Iowa right now. Like they just lack a big man, and lacking a big man can hurt. Like they, like it, it can hurt teams, especially like coming from like an Iowa fan watching tonight's game against Illinois. We didn't have a big man that could stop Kofi Cogburn, and he ended up single-handedly beating us with having like 22 second-half points. And I just think going into a season, if you want to make a deep run in the playoffs, you have to have one through five that do their job. Yeah. I I mean, you know, I go there. I'm not on the uh, bandwagon just yet. I don't – I I have a hard time believing that Iowa State will actually show up during conference play. The Big 12 isn't very great. This isn't, yeah, I mean, it's a down year for the Big 12 this year. Super top heavy. But Iowa State hasn't won against a super good team yet. I mean, Memphis, extremely overrated, as we've already said. Xavier is a good win, not a great win. I don't know. I mean, their best one, in my opinion, is their game at Creighton. Yes, for sure. I totally 100% agree with that. Because Creighton plays more fundamental basketball than Memphis. But I honestly think that Xavier was a good win, too, because Xavier is always going to bring a fight oh, to the court. Yeah. Xavier is a scrappy team every year. I mean, and I think Iowa State's been pretty scrappy this year as well. Super defensive, forcing turnovers, running the floor, stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah, I think um... – What's happening for Iowa State is amazing, uh, really good for them. Obviously, it's going to help with recruiting in the future. And um, I don't know, I, people were definitely worried on them with the whole Hutchinson thing went down before the season, stuff like that. And um, it's great that they're 8-0 and and things keep rolling for them. Yeah, they're ranked 19th, I think, in the poll right now. So. Uh... So, yeah, 17 now. They moved 17th, up today. 17th, yeah. Yeah, yeah. nothing. I was thinking that they got that star crew with Tyrese Hunter, but I think a lot of, like, I think two players that are helping them right now this year is Gabe Kalsher and Isaiah Brockington, two senior transfers. And I just think that it's good to have two senior guards on your team to help with Tyrese Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Along with that, I think Caleb Grill went, uh, committed to UNLV. Hasselberger went back to Iowa State, and he came with him. He can knock down open shots wherever. Uh, he's not an all-star by any means, but if he can go off for 20 points some nights every once in a while. All right. Yeah, um. This is looking pretty far into the future, but uh, I mean, it's a good time for them to be 8 and Their basketball program is looking good because um, they've had some serious talks with like Omaha, Baloo, and stuff like that. The Waukee, um, really good forward, five-star recruit. And um, I think they definitely have the potential of turning their basketball program around like that. So for Iowa State, they have – their arch rival this week and the Hilton Coliseum should be a good game. Definitely a chance for them to win. But what do you guys think about Iowa? 
I'll think take the wheel on this one. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a very good game because I think Iowa's definitely overachieving this year from last year. People thought that you lose Garza, you lose Wieskamp, Frederick, that it's gonna be like tough. But I think that we've developed a different style of basketball, and I think that's helping us win some games. And I do think that like Iowa's more battle tested this year with going into Purdue and losing by seven without one of the best players in the nation. I think that's a really good thing to look at. And I think tonight's game versus Illinois, we were, we were battle-tested really well, too. And I think going into the Iowa State game, I think it's good to have those two games under our belt before going into those. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with what Belt said. A lot of people thinking – I was um, on the low, but they're also projected to end with the same record they had last year and without Garza. And a lot of that factors to Keegan Murray and how well he's been playing lately. Um, his stat line is absolutely incredible. And um, currently he's second in the national player of the year um, runnings right now. And um, obviously Iowa does have a lot of flaws and stuff they need to um, get worked on, but, um, I see a really promising season for them, even though uh, they're lost to Illinois tonight. That's tough, but I think they have a lot of um, positive things going for them right now. I think one of the biggest flaws for Iowa right now is starting Jordan Bohannon. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's such a defensive. He's such a defensive liability. It's insane. Like he just. Like, his first two years, first three years maybe at Iowa were kind of cool, hit some game winners, had some big games. But I think now it's time to let some of, like, the younger recruits get in, like Aaron Ulis and Tony Perkins, and start develop- start developing them more into good guards. Saying 24 years old is uh, a little old for college basketball. Yeah. He's been – he's actually been at Iowa basketball for three presidents. <laughs> Barack Obama's last year, Trump's four years, and Biden's, and then this year's Biden year. Hey, you know, I, I, I still have this feeling. I mean, it's the last time playing Iowa State. I'm going to predict that he's going off. I think he's going to have like 25 points. And leave his shoes on the freaking court again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys got to talk about Iowa, so we'll talk about Kansas a little bit. I wasn't exactly sold on them at the beginning of the year. Uh, McCormick just seemed soft. Didn't want to be physical in the paint. And But then, yeah, I think, I think they are an elite team now. Struggling a little bit. Uh, the Dayton loss was a fluke. I think they're just off. But, I mean, they have – they're five, six, seven guys that could all score, could take over a game at any point. There's one thing that people got to know about Kansas, though, is that they're still well-coached and they still recruit well. And I think when you can add those two together, you're still going to get above 20 wins most years. Yeah, I mean, like, Remy Martin comes from Arizona State, is the guy over there. Uh, Like, him and Bill Self, a lot of speculation they weren't getting along. But I mean, when you're I mean, when you're winning, when Remy Martin is only scoring 12 points, 
that's it's pretty impressive when especially when he's at one point was one of the better players in in the league last year yeah i mean and then yeah uh last year jalen wilson was the guy and now he's a fifth or sixth option on the team i would say like uh there may be one one win away from being the number one team right now I will say though that out of all blue bloods, Kansas is probably Kansas and Michigan State are on the downfall. You're so full of shit, Belton. Nah, dude. I just look at it. Kansas hasn't done anything in the last five years. They still go to the tournament every single year. Well, yeah. More than any if, other teams. If you have Kansas' reputation, of course you're gonna go to the tournament every year. They went, they like are successful every year. Like they had the longest, like- they had the longest. Hey, uh, hey, hey, what'd you finish last year in the Big 12? Like three or four. Yeah, usually if you're Kansas and you're finishing three or four, that, that that's a down year. The Big 10, usually the Big 12 has also had Baylor, who was probably one of the best teams to go through the to play college basketball in the last 10 years, bro. That's a hard take. That's a that's a good take. Nah, they still ain't beating any they still ain't beating that Duke team with Jalil Okafor and Tyus Jones. That's a conversation for another time. Uh, no, that's a conversation for right now. <laughs> all right. Uh, staying in the Big 12. Uh, probably going to be our last team we talk about is Baylor. Said it. Uh, I don't think they're the same team as last year. I think we all knew that. But I think they still play the same style of if you're not going to score, they're going to make you pay for it. They're going to beat you to the boards. Uh play in your face defense and run the floor. Yeah, I think like I think this year's Baylor team definitely recruited well, but at the end of the day they're still freshmen and what Baylor did over there last year was have three junior and senior guards with two big men that just play a, a low key role. I think that's just a lot different than this year with their five stars that they got. I think one thing that um, Baylor is starting to get known for is that they're really physical. And that's what I like about their offense is that their physicality and they get to the line a lot and they, they drive and, and their defense is all is still really good. And they just have ball players out there. So um, obviously I haven't watched a lot of Baylor games, but um, I'm guessing that, they're they're all like you go in to play Baylor, you gotta be ready to compete because they're physical. So that's uh one of the main things I take away from them. Yeah. Uh and they have their guard, uh Akinjo. He's gonna get people open, average about six assists per game. And his teammates, uh I mean Kendall Brown, Matthew Mayer, they're gonna knock down LJ those Cryer. shots. Yeah, LJ Cryer. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean you said they had a good recruiting year. Kendall Brown, first player in Big 12 history to score at least 10 points on 60% shooting in this in each of his first eight games of the season. He's shooting like 75% two-point range right now. He's playing very good basketball. Yeah. Um, we're just going to have to wait and see how um, how they play against Villanova coming up on December 12th. So yeah. I think that'll, that'll be a, a good game, game this year. Yeah. Uh, I also think like Big 12, very top heavy this year. I think you got Kansas, Baylor, 
maybe Texas, like Iowa State in the middle. I don't know, maybe. And then the rest, it's it's. Oh, I think it's gonna be a pretty weak conference this year. Yeah, I bet West Virginia still brings a pretty tough battle though every game because they're they're still coached by Bobby Huggins, and that's a team that likes to play defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're gonna play defense. It's always tough to win in Morgantown, but yeah, uh, as far I think the best conference right now is the SEC. They're loaded with talent. You got Alabama, Kentucky. Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn. I mean, Florida lost tonight, but they can win. And then LSU as well. And they're good. Yeah. All right. Uh, last few minutes of this episode. Uh, let's do player of the week. So who, who do you guys got? My guy is Deron Sebron from NC State. He had 38 points, 18 rebounds, and a four-overtime win against Nebraska and just single-handedly put the team on his back for those four overtimes and won won them the game, basically. All right. Um, I think I'm just – I don't know. There's so many different players that have had different performances each week. Um, I think I'm going to – my player the – Week's going to be Drew Timmy just because he's consistent and um, he's doing good things for Gonzaga and their offense. So that's my player of the week. I am not on the Drew Timmy train like you guys are. I don't think I, I don't think this is his year. I think he's, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find out, but I guess, I guess we're that? just going to have you to see. You see too much guards on him. You, you see too much guards and that's why you don't want to respect he's, he's him. Average, he's averaging like 18 points a game and, they're winning games, so. Hey, they've lost. Like, last year, I'm pretty sure the first loss was after New Year's. They've already lost two times. This yeah, is not the Gonzaga was... team that uh, we're used to. Okay, but one of them was also against the top exactly. team. They have good wins, I'll say that. The Alabama, but the Alabama game, they had to win. Alabama, yeah. yeah. But, but like, 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 Alabama, like, still, like, is good, but – if you're Gonzaga, you still have to win that game. Especially in Seattle. It's like, yeah, yeah in your own state. Speaking of I mean, Alabama. you have that game. He had like, uh, I don't know how much yeah. he had. Uh, he had 23 points. So I also don't think – Timmy doesn't have a great surrounding cast with him. No, not really. I mean, yeah. All right. Speaking Fun of fact, Alabama. He's listed as a forward. Timmy? Yeah, he's listed as a forward and Holmgren's in their center. Yeah, that's so, not it. A little fun fact for you. All right. Speaking of Alabama, my player of the week this week, Jaden Shackelford. I hate Gonzaga so much. Uh, had 28 points in their win over Gonzaga. Also had nine rebounds and two assists. I think he's in a really good position right now. He's the guy for Alabama, but he doesn't need to be. And I don't know. I think I think that we we will really be seen. I think that will be really be really be seen as we go on throughout the year. Uh, I think Alabama, I've said it here. I'll say it again. Alabama is a team to watch out for. I really think that it's ironic how you're saying that because you look about this last year and Alabama was our fraud. One of the biggest frauds we had last year. Too. 
They're dangerous. They're dangerous. The, the SEC, whoever wins the SEC, I think is going to be could most. I think is the most likely to win the national championship. But all ben, the, they're they're all going to be battle tested. Also, year older. Their one-two punch with Curl with Quervy and Shackleford are all a year older. All right. Well. That was the first episode of the second season of Baseline Banter. We'll be back next week. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Maybe we'll, maybe we have something else coming. Uh, but peace. <laughs>